Hello, friends, and welcome to the most glorious of events, the Movie Mavericks Podcast. This outstanding program is hosted by two fine gentlemen, Jason and Trevor. Now make it so. MovieMavericks.com Hey, now everybody, welcome to episode 395 of the Movie Mavericks Podcast. I'm Trevor Anderson, sitting over with Jason Rugard. He's got a rundown for us. On tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about the Oscar-nominated The Holdovers, as well as Dumb Money, Freelance, The Creator, and the 40th re-release of Dune that just hit theaters. Trailers tonight, big Super Bowl spot for Deadpool and Wolverine, Twisters, Knox Goes Away, which is uh, Michael Keaton's bid for action hero stardom, and Sting as well as Kevin Spacey doing an about-face, returning to screens as another action hero. So interesting, two <laughs> Oscar-nominated actors, Oscar-winning actors doing action hero stuff here. Peter 5-8 is the name of that Kevin Spacey film. We're going to be talking about all of this, except for first, we do some trivia. So Trevor, what do we got lined we'll up? do some trivia. <clears throat> all right. What is the title, character's full name, in Spartacus? <laughs> Uh, Spartacus, Marcus Spartacus, Thra- Thracian Spartacus, Spartacus Lentulus. Is it Marcus Spartacus? <laughs> I, I like the way that sounds the best, but I think it's that one with the L. Is it one with an I L? I know, right? Lentulus, Spartacus Lentulus. I don't know if that's because of Leonidas and 300, but I feel like that sounds correct to me. I, mean, I have not seen Spartacus in a long a lo- time. Me neither, a long time. Yeah, since I was like a teenager. I'm going to go with the, the last one you said there. You think you're just going to be a little, a little into us. All right. No. Was it Marcus? I was just Spartacus. What kind of bullshit is that? Really? Spartacus's name is just Spartacus? He doesn't have a whole name? I mean, that's kind of fucked. I feel like that's weird. No? Is that not weird? Am I the only one who thinks that's weird? I, I think that's a bad trivia question. Let's get another one. All right. Well, I can't. I can't offer you much better. All right. Russell Crowe. Oh. That's a rock band. <laughs> what is the name of this band? What's the name of Russell Crowe's band? Oh, wow. Um, oh, Murder of Crows, Death Cab for Cutie, 30 Odd Foot of Grunts, Hate Made Easy. It's, it's got to be Murder of Crows, right? No, it's that 30-odd foot of grunts. It's 30-odd foot of grunts? Shut I the saw. fuck up. It is. What kind of a fucking name is that? I like Murder of Crows so much better, and I'm really upset he didn't do that. I know. That's what I'm saying. What, how could you... 30-odd foot of grunts. What does that mean? I, who knows? I mean, what is... Russell Crowe... I mean, is, hey, look. He's super fat now, so if he's got to go 30-odd feet, he's probably grunting. Uh, he's he's made some bizarre decisions personally and professionally, and um, but hell of an actor nonetheless. Let's do one more. Uh, he's always great. He's yeah. taking us to the other side of the book. Way back. In the way, way back. All right. What director was responsible for the classic Western Shane? Uh, George Stevens, Howard Hawks, Fred Zinneman, Stanley Kramer. Is it not George Stevens? Yeah, it is George Stevens. Yes. Not bad. Not bad. Let's do one more. I feel good. I feel like we're both doing good tonight. You feel like one more? 800. Let's go. Backwards in the book now. This is pushing our luck at the casino table here. 
Yeah. Uh, what 1965 Shakespeare adaptation saw all four of its leads nominated for Oscars? Twelfth Night, Hamlet, Macbeth, or Othello? I would guess Othello. But I don't know. Uh, I want to say it's me. Macbeth. I have no idea. It could be Macbeth. What are you going with? Um, read those to me again. I thought it was Henry V, but I uh, apparently 12th, not. No, that's not an option. So Twelfth Night, Hamlet, Macbeth, or Othello? Macbeth. 1965. Let's see. No. Twas Othello. Mm. Well done. I told you. Fuck. I can't believe they could find an African-American actor back then to play Othello. I mean, who would they have cast in that? I can't remember who it was. That wouldn't um, have been. I mean, I that's mean, a relatively famous But, I mean, there wasn't movie. that many um, stars that were doing that kind of, you know, African-American stars that were doing Shakespearean type acting back then. So it was pretty rare. Um, I don't know. Was it? To have an actor of that to do those kind of roles back then? Oh, yeah. It was it somebody in blackface? Yeah. I, I forget. Yeah. yeah. I remember why it's so weird. It's it was Lawrence Olivier. There you go. Yeah. You know, that's what's yeah. funny is when you brought this up. That's I thought actually of, why I remember this movie. I thought of Lawrence Olivier, but then I thought of him in Hamlet, and then I thought of yeah, him in, yeah, um, in Henry V. Yeah, okay, that makes sense then. Yeah, that's actually, that's why I actually, that's exactly why I remember that. Probably yeah. why this movie isn't shown Fucking a lot. weird, man. Yeah. <laughs> Probably why I don't, it's uh, I don't know. I don't think they shine away from it. It's relatively well-known version of Othello, I thought. Oh, was pretty good. I always thought that was underrated. Uh-huh. And that I was the, uh, who was in that? Um, Josh Hartnett and Mackay Pfeiffer. And uh, and Mackay Pfeiffer was the, wasn't um, the other. Was Julia Stiles. Julia Stiles, that's right. And that movie yeah, that got one, that shit on because it came out in the aftermath of uh, Columbine. And for some reason, it got lumped in with school violence and it got shit on when it came out. But I liked that movie because, quite a bit. Well, yeah. I mean, I know why, but. I mean, Shakespeare stuff's violent. It can, can be quite violent, but yeah. All right, let's move on and talk about the movies that we've seen for this show. And each week that we're doing this, we've talked about um, some Best Picture nominees. Last episode that we did, oh. I talked about <laughs> Maestro. Didn't particularly care for that oh, one. That's right. And now we got The Holdovers. And this is Alexander Payne's, it feels like his umpteenth uh, Best Picture nomination. The guy, every time he comes out, it seems to be a home run. Uh, maybe minus downsizing, but well, as far as Oscars go, yes, Oscar bait, and he's, he's a critical darling, and he's loved by the indie community at least because his movies do mm-hmm. pretty well. Um, and so you go ahead with the holdovers because you saw it first. I I love I really like the movie. I thought um, Paul Giamatti was really great in it. I thought the uh, um, uh, you know, the, the, I don't know how to say her name. Divine Joy, D- Divine, is yeah, that name? the Joy lady Randolph? who plays the night, the um, night the, employee, the lady who plays the other, the cook, and and what I, I, she's like the lunch lady, I guess. But yeah, the other employee there, she's the black lady. Um, I liked her in this a lot, um, and I liked um, you know, all the the other characters as well, the the kid as well. Who's the kid? I don't know what his name is, but he's. I, awkward in this that's for sure He's, i thought it was really good in it yeah i thought it was good too um, i really liked it whatever your name is sir i'm sorry i, I yeah i thought he was good that's what i mean i thought i thought the acting is really superb in this i thought the writing was really good as well i i liked the story um, it felt like a 70s story it, the look of this film is a fucking amazing for being shot on digital uh, it just looks beautiful and it captures um pretty much everything that's um that you would expect 
for a 70s movie to look like you know i i remember like uh, uh for me i remember like outside providence for instance being a movie that very much looks like set in the 70s and and has that kind of um, mentality to the characters and this uh, worked as well for that and i like the the paul giamatti character's backstory and how it comes out um throughout uh the whole movie obviously he's he's playing off this kid and and the kid's kind of bringing him out of his shell while he's also bringing the kid out of his shell. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, just, I thought it was a real nice, uh, nice drama. I thought Comedy so too. Drama I mean, thing. really liked it. I think this is one of the best pictures of the year. And these kind of movies, any time a movie is set in an academy, you know, with this mentor, uh-huh. kind of like a scent of a woman had this kind of an angle to it. The Paper Chase is a movie that this reminded me of, that old Timothy Hutton movie from the 70s. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, this looked like that. It's a simple story. It's not a whole lot going on in this movie, but I... I all the rhythms of it. I, you, Alexander Payne's movies for me take about 15 minutes for me to get the vibe of it. It's this particular, And this was no different. Right. Yeah. And it's a particular rhythm. And there's these little mm-hmm. offshoots and dalliances where the narrative doesn't necessarily get pushed forward. But it, it, it's just a memorable moment. Like when this, for me, it's when this kid wigs out after his parents aren't going to come pick him up and he goes and jumps and uh-huh. breaks his arm, which doesn't really do anything for the movie. But it's an oddly memorable moment for some reason for me. Also, I loved the scene. Well, it puts them in cahoots, right? Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's right, but they're already stuck together mm-hmm. in an impossible situation. Giamatti is fantastic in but, this. I mean, I thought I was going to mm-hmm. be tired of this kind of character from him because he does this curmudgeon guy a lot. But, but this is a nice it, crinkle he has here. Uh, he, he, there's a nice little extra layer. And the story opens up for him, right? Like, especially when they meet his old friends yep. um, when they're out in the town. And then there's like this uh, weird... Um, you know, mirror kind of a thing with him and this kid, like this kid's kind of him when he was younger. And then the kid meeting the, you know, having his first kiss at that party. I thought all those moments were, you know, you yeah. say that this is what the movie's about and it doesn't sound very exciting or, or very interesting, but the way it's pulled off and performed and in a no small task, also that performance actress, uh, the lady that you mentioned there, who's the, the cook and the, the help who had her son who was killed in Vietnam. It's just, all mm-hmm. of that sounds on paper to me very trite, but the way it's performed and executed makes this something special. So I really was surprised at the holdovers and how much I really enjoyed this movie. And um, I, I do agree with its nominations, particularly for Giamatti as best uh, actor. I, I have no problem with that. Yeah, he's really good in it. Yeah, I was surprised. Were you surprised at how much you liked this? Because I didn't care for the last couple of Alexander Payne <laughs> I thought movies. it looked really good, so I wasn't... I guess I was more surprised that I liked it as much as I did, but I wasn't surprised that it was it was good or that it was what it was because it looked like Oscar bait. Um, so I expected it to be as it was, but then it was, uh, yeah, it was deeper. It did draw you in more than uh, you might have expected. Such a simplistic and um, really just a straight up 70s fucking movie, man. <laughs> like this thing looks legit 70s strangely to me this is effortlessly 70s and i know a lot of work went into this where something like licorice pizza which came out a couple years ago and was nominated i never watched that but yeah that that looked manufactured 70s just thinking back to the trailer of that versus this uh, you're right like this is for sure this is like an aping of the 70s this is like this is what the 70s was like is what the movies were like we're gonna make like a perfect representation of that whereas like something like licorice pizza pizza it becomes like a uh, 
like a weird like it's kitsch we're still making me. a movie today but it's like a kind of like that you know but we're like wink wink you know yeah, it's this ironic that. that's the same thing yeah. that uh, once upon a time in hollywood was for me it was like this isn't a 60s movie yep. it's set in the 60s but wink wink we know we, we know what's going on here this is a modern movie so uh but to me the holdovers absolutely nailed it so i highly recommend that one Let's pivot here and talk about Dumb Money. This is the GameStop movie that was directed by Craig Gillespie, who did I, Tonya a couple years back in a number of decent movies. And um, this didn't do as well as it was perceived to do in the box office. Once again, I'll let you go ahead and start with your review, then I'll jump in. Um, well, I mean, I'll give a simple review. This Obviously, this just happened. I lived through this. I think we all did. <laughs> um I like this movie. I thought it was interesting and fun. Um, I like the acting in it. I like the way that it uh, played out. Um, I thought all the actors are great in this. Um, and it's definitely a, uh, um, they do a good job of making this a little guy versus big guy, David versus Goliath. And it really, just as this was actually happening in real life, makes you kind of want to stand up and say, yeah, you know, give it to them. You know? <laughs> Get yours, you know, uh, screw these guys because they're, they're out there trying to screw you. Um, but it does give you a little bit more insight. I feel like into this, the guy behind all of this and how he really wasn't all about that, which is odd to me because everyone else was, it was the, it was the thing that made this work. And he would just really liked GameStop, <laughs> which I think is funny, but, um, I don't know. I loved the, uh, the, the, um, the supporting cast is freaking amazing. You know, you got Pete Davidson, Vincent D'Onofrio, um, America Ferreira, who else like Nick Offerman was in this Seth Rogen, um, who I, I thought was really good. Dane um, Shannon Woodley yeah. who plays his wife in this is surprisingly really good for such a small role. She's memorable. Um, uh, yeah, I, I thought just everything about this man, this movie in general, the whole undertone of this is about the little guy, you know, sticking to the big guy or or at least the little guy sticking up for the little guy in front of the big guy, even because it reminds me of the, the of Shailene Woodley standing by her man during the, the family dinner, you know, which is a wonderful scene where Pete, Pete Davidson is, uh, is the brother of Paul Dana, who is the guy who behind all this. Um, and he's trying to give him shit a little bit like, oh, you're a millionaire now. You got to tell mom and dad. They don't believe it, this and that. And she, Shailene Woodley playing the wife just is like, nah, like this dude, he knows what he's doing. He was behind the whole time. You all think he's a, he's a fucking joke, but he's not because look what he did. Well, not only that, and the dad's that, played by Clancy Brown. I mean, that's another great bit of casting. There you go. Um, I mean, you're right about that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, uh, uh, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a really good movie. I thought it was really fun. Um, for what it is. I usually don't like, you know, movies that are about real life events, like literally a couple years after they've happened, which they've been doing now for a while, I think, because I've already seen it. But this was just something that happened that I thought was fun while it happened. So I made a fun movie. Conversely, I love movies that take place, uh, of, you know, in current times or take a situation that uh -huh. I didn't know much about. Social Network is one of my favorite movies of all time. And that's gorgeous. Uh, and that's a movie that, as you said to me, this wanted to be very much that I think was the template for the writers and the 100%. filmmakers in a lot of ways. Uh, and unfortunately for me, this movie just didn't work. I, I liked a lot of things about it, but I thought they onboarded way too many characters and threads. And it just, I didn't give a shit about the couple in the dorm room or the guy working at the the GameStop himself. Yeah. And these these moments where this this reliance on music that just seemed really 
out of place I for, that was weird for what it was going on. I mean, I like that music. A lot of hip hop songs that I actually listened to, but I just thought in the movie and in mm-hmm. what are they doing here? What worked for me was the behind the scenes aspect, how the sausage is made, what's going on. I think that Paul Dano has a certain type of acting that when applied correctly for me, like in the Fablemans is really effective or there will be blood. But here, his mannerism started to bother me. I didn't know if this guy was supposed to be, I don't mean this to be cruel, but I didn't know if he was on the spectrum. I didn't know, you know, because yeah, he was well, so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he was so non-pulsed by anything other than trying to run a four-minute mile. But once again, I will say the casting, the acting is spot on all throughout. I don't think there's a weak performance in here. I just didn't like how Paul Dano his choices in in the character but he's a he's a good actor pete davidson really surprised me i thought that his character brought the most heart to the movie and uh, the wife it was fucking great like you said when she says babe we're really fucking rich i thought that was a great line read because she didn't say it confidently it was almost like concerned you know it was Uh. it was a really good line read that that, so anyways Mm -hmm. negative for me on the movie with some positive aspects to it but overall this just it dragged on i didn't see what the point was i felt it was unfocused because i think a lot of the shit's still playing out and you know how it's gonna you know i think the guy that offerman's playing is suing sony right now because of this movie so um Mm -hmm. i don't know it felt a little defanged to me i guess i should say and did you notice that the winklevoss twins are producers on this movie which i thought was an interesting tie into the social network they are they have their hands in a lot of things yeah each other too <laughs> um yeah all right uh i mean i'll agree with you on a lot of those points i still thought this was a fun movie and better than that um i really think shailene woodley is underrated and needs to be in fucking more movies i think hollywood's doing a disservice to everyone by not casting her more she's fantastic um and i don't know i saw this movie play out i i guess you did you watch any of the um of the streaming stuff like uh, for the Congress, um, I didn't know, and I didn't watch the documentary yeah. on it, so I came into this fairly cold. Other than the, I watched it as it happened. Like I watched a lot of people talk this up, and, and I watched it from pretty much every angle um, as it went down, and it was super interesting. And this, the guy is like that. Like I don't know. I think this is really, really fairly accurate to what happened and to how the, the people probably reacted. I'm obviously, I don't know how the billionaire guys necessarily reacted in their home and stuff and all that. But uh, it's, it's probably pretty accurate, so I don't know. I just think from, in a comparison, you know, you compare one movie to another from the filmmaker. And this, 100%. this guy doing I, Tanya was so good, and that was so spot mm-hmm. on, that I just felt like this didn't have that kind of fervor. I, I, this was trying. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely trying to do something, but damn, there were a lot of characters that were unnecessary. Well, I definitely... Um, yeah, I mean, when you mention some of the like the girls in the dorm room and um, even the America Ferrera stuff, um, I mean, I thought that was neat filler, but it is just filler. Like, uh, I I do have to agree that there were moments when I just thought, oh my god, like we're spending a little too much time on this, and and perhaps the other parts of the movie, you know, blinded me a little bit to that because I liked the rest of it so much that I was okay with that being in there. But you're not wrong. That's not. They spend a little too much time on other characters, even possibly even I will say the Pete Davidson characters possibly 
in this too much. Uh, he's just not important. Agreed. Agreed. And like I said, when this is done correctly, you get the social network. You get spotlight. Right. When it's not done that That's great, this is you get HBO film material. And it's so still like an HBO it, film. And there you go. That's what I'm saying. So this is a net, was Netflix streaming to me. That's how I, I saw it. So it was fine. But I'm glad they're I making guess. movies like this, at least so that they're, they're showing, you know, how things are. I mean, I don't hate that it's made. I just wanted it to be great and it was just okay so right that's that's my problem with it okay let's move on and talk about freelance john cena's movie that came out in theaters back in october you may not have known because it absolutely tanked to be fair it didn't get <laughs> much of a release it was only i think like a thousand screens and it didn't get much of a marketing push outside of a digital marketing campaign but here we are talking about this action comedy hybrid from the director of taken which co-stars uh i think allison Eve is in this a little bit, and uh, is it Eve or Alice Brie? Eve. Yeah, Alice Eve. And Alice, Alice Eve and Alison Brie. There you go. And then uh, Christian Slater is a bit part in this as well. And um, I guess I'll go first here. To me, this is a pretty unsuccessful. Yeah, you saw this in theaters, right? I did, and this is an unsuccessful okay. movie, is particularly in theaters, where it has all the elements to it, meaning that it looks like it's on the level. But when this movie starts going, at about thirty minutes in, you realize there's nothing here. It's, it's pretty empty-headed, even for an action film, right? And the, for, this was, my biggest problem was this, is that when the action came, it was fairly violent, and I was happy, mm-hmm. but it's not really successful as an act. It's not funny, it's not romantic, and it, it's not very good with the action. And the theory, this, my theory right now is that action movies that are shot in like HD just look cheap. I think you need to be shot on film for it not to look just like a fucking bad stunt half the time. I don't know. But well, nothing shot on film. I, I don't know. I don't know what's, why this movie looks so cheap, but I did well, like I know what you mean. the interplay between Senna and You're that South wrong. American president. I thought they were good. Um, Christian Slater is absolutely inconsequential in this movie. And yeah. it's almost like Juan, Moon over Juan, Parador. Juan Pablo Raba. Is that his name? I like that guy. Is, I like him a lot too, yeah. Um, but Moon over Parador versus uh, Romancing the Stone is, is kind of here. And why is Cena's character married in this movie? Then the movie is clearly positioning oh, go, itself. Go worse. Go down more. Go down that. Go down that path. Yeah, I mean, why is he? Why is he such a bitch? But why is the movie positioning us for them to get together? Human being, and they don't ever get together. You're like, what? Oh, yeah, no shit. Why is he so worthless? Why does his wife hate him, and then all of a sudden not hate him? Like, why? Yep. Why did they shit all over that character? Just make him such a piece of shit who hated life, and it took this fucking whatever the fuck nonsense action movie was to make him realize that his life is good. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? That's your idea for a, for a fucking action movie? Yeah, meanwhile, you have Alison Brie, who's, I love Alison Brie, throwing herself at John Cena in this. You're just like, I don't, what the fuck is this? Why is that scene in there? If, the, if there's no chance of it it's happening, so why is it in there? weird. Yeah, just to make her, look, I guess to make maybe make him look good. It doesn't make her look good. It doesn't make him look particularly um, good. No shit. He doesn't look good through the whole, I think for the majority of the movie, he does not look good. Like when he's, he's basically taken away from his kid because like she can't be trusted. It's just a, it's not a good movie. There's no reason to set this up to have it be so fucking downbeat on him. Like it's just, it's unnecessary. The only character that's fun is the, the Latin American president, the guy that you, yeah, Juan Pablo Robert's fucking awesome. He's hearing like, the I would music watch in the movie, movie from his point of view. Just wa- I just watched that movie. He's that's having a great, great time in this movie. His character yes. is hilarious in this. I thought he was the only he's live on wire. Everything. Yep. I thought so too, but isn't it weird? Like he's the, so he's the complete opposite of the John Cena character, but they don't ever actually compete. 
So there's that no would be like interesting. They should there's ha- no ever back and forth really between them on any of that kind of shit. Um, there's no like um, oh, yeah. there's really not really a matching of wits or a matching of strength between them really ever. Um, even though they're they're probably sh- I just here's the, the dynamics idea. of this movie. Trevor, are you just fucked, nailed it on the head. Right? Here's the idea is they should have done it where they had to team up to go rescue her or get his thing back and they're using each other the guy's confidence versus the guy's brawn and all this kind of interplay because what one had the other didn't, but you just explored it more than the movie did. I mean the the movie never it never even hints at these kind of deeper themes. I guess I don't know what you do with the wife and, and you cut the that girl character out. That cut it's the so fucking weird. wife out. That whole thing for him to get beat down. He didn't. He could have just been injured and want to get back with the in the wife, field. But why isn't he just fine with like why? Why is there trouble? Why does it have to be trouble at home like that? Why can't he simply want more from his work life or more for something else? Why is he's still he a, a good, lawyer? It's so weird. Like why? I know. Why does that? Where does that pay off? That? <laughs> There's so much wrong with this fucking movie. I just want to sit down with the writers and the producers and the creators, everyone. I just want to sit down and be like, so what the fuck happened here? Not only <laughs> I need that, a rundown dude, of this fucking what, movie. Here's a line from this movie. When she says shit. the name of the, the fake Latin American country that she's going to, he says right. it's like a Tim Burton movie. And she goes, what do you mean? He goes, it's colorful and creepy as fuck. It, it wasn't creepy as fuck at all. And it wasn't, it's just a jungle. <laughs> it was just normal fucking Latin I, I thought American. that was a strange <laughs> line to put in there. And well, but, but yeah, but what also happens? She goes, "Oh, I never quite heard it quite put like that." She's actually impressed by oh, it. Oh yeah, his his fucking <laughs> vermisson. <laughs> yeah, get the what fuck the out of here. Uh, it's yeah, a horrible fucking movie, and I get what you mean by like the movie looks uber clean. It does look like it's shot on HD video. It's probably not. It's probably shot on digital cinema, but it looks like shit because of you that. Know? It's Especially too clear. if you look at like the holdovers. If you look at like um. Yeah, d- bro, because it's not fucking lit. Like, they don't light movies anymore. They don't do shit. They just fucking shoot them. It's disgusting. Put some artistic value into your shit. Um, I, ah, I just, I hate it. I hate the look of this stuff. Um, even, you know, there was a time when it, you had to shoot on film regardless. And even bad-looking film still looks like film, right? So you would get away with that in some sense. It would add something to it. Um, but now film is video. They're the same fucking thing. And so bad film looks like video. It's it's not good. I'm telling you, film and the way they lit it and the way that the, the darks would fall off and the grain to it, whatever the fuck oh, it yeah. was, yep. it made the stunts look larger than life as opposed to cheap and too realistic, I guess is the I best agree. way to say it. Oh, hello. Look at the holdovers. Yeah, there you go. I mean, just look at a frame of the holdovers and then look at a frame from fucking freelance. You can tell which one matters, right? You can tell which one, oh, someone cared about this. Someone did not give a fuck about this one, which is horrible because this has John Cena in it, who I hated in this fucking movie, which is just wrong because I love John Cena. You got Alison Brie, you got Juan Pablo Robbie, you got Christian Slater, you got Alice Eve. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, how did this go so wrong? And to me, Cena has never exceeded the guilty pleasureness, I guess, of his first movie, The Marine. It's unbelievable that his first but movie is still the best movie he ever was in. And we never got any, this could have been like a fun Marine well, I type knockoff. Peacekeeper. Um, Peace, I know, but I'm talking about his movie output. I mean, what? I understand that. I, I'm just talking about acting shit. in general, or if, if you like him. I do like movies. him. I mean, you're, you're not wrong. I know, but it depends on it. It highly depends on the role, does it not? For John Cena, because I like him in general. I want to like John Cena. John Cena but has there's the been Mark, plenty of things I've seen him in. He has the Mark yeah, Wahlberg problem. Where he like whines too much. Yes. He gets whiny. 
yes, he does have a Mark Wahlberg problem where you want to like Mark Wahlberg because you like Mark Wahlberg, but then you see him in certain movies. You're like, Mark Wahlberg, I don't like him. <laughs> How's that happen? Because they don't, you know why? They, obviously, they're both pretty masculine dudes, but they don't play well when, they don't do well when they're playing bitches. You know what I mean? Like broken down. Uh, like this movie? Yes. Yeah. And, and, and Wahlberg has had played characters like that too, and they don't ever 100%. come off well when he's doing that. Um it's it, even the daddy home movie. You know, that's it's a comedy, I guess, but still, it's it's not doesn't come right. off well. And to me, you know, this movie is a fucking dud when it resorts to the old B roll footage and bloopers during the end credits. It's to try to, try to convince you and they that it had a good time. Good. Oh fuck no! Oh my god, they were some of the worst fucking lines and shit. I was like, why would you put this? Why, you should burn this shit immediately. Oh, it's to try to convince you that they oh, had a good time making Lord. it and that you had a good time watching it, but. I mean, I paid five bucks to see this on a lazy afternoon back in November. Let me, let me ask you something. Not if worth you're, it. If, if you're like, not to say, hey, just, you know, the world's perfect. You're directing freelance, right? You got a shot. You direct freelance. This behind the scenes shit happens in front of you. I mean, how are you? Like, I'm slapping everyone. Yeah. Like, knock it the fuck off. What are you doing? This isn't funny. This isn't even good. Oh, you know why? Because you're not wasting film. We can shoot indefinitely. Fuck it. Lights aren't burning. Well, are we through? just dancing around these people on eggshells? This is how this shit happens. Why are they literally like, dancing in these, say, out- hey, these bloopers? Are like, were they going to try to do a coordinated fucking <laughs> musical number over there? They, like, they're all like dancing. <laughs> it just to I me, know. this was a. It looks like a production run amok. And anytime I see those bloopers in a movie credit that's not a comedy per se or a Jackie Chan film, I always think, oh, you guys are in fucking desperate yeah. trouble here. Desperate. Trouble. Sometimes I think it's okay to grab a bunch of different lines at once, especially if you're doing a comedy. And you don't know, and you're unsure, and you're there on the day, and you're going to grab a bunch of lines. That's not what these bloopers were, though. These bloopers were people fucking around. Literally. And trying, I'm cute. You know, you're not. Do your fucking job. Yeah. Make a good movie. Not a forgettable <laughs> one, which Freelancers is not the worst movie you've ever seen. Uh, and I, I hate to bash I an action bad. film because I love action films and I don't want to see the death of them. But shit like this is what <laughs> leads to the death of them. This should have been a home run, though. We should have liked this. John Cena, freelance. He's going to South America. He's kicking some ass. It, 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 this should have been a home run. Yeah, I don't know how they fucked it up this bad, to be honest. It's, it's really a travesty when you watch. It's not a travesty because it's not painful to watch. It's just forgettable, ultimately. And Christian Slater's yeah. character has nothing to do with fucking anything. Why? He's Stunt just casting. another name on the poster. Stunt yep. casting. There you go. Yep. All right, let's move on since we already shit on that one. Let's talk about the creator, and uh, I'll let you go ahead and start off with the creator. This is uh, that John David you know Washington what? film. Look, I'm just going to shit all over this, so I'm going to let you do it. You go. You tell me if you liked it or not, because I fucking hated this movie. Oh, man. I wanted to like this movie so bad. I thought this was going to be the Star Wars movie that I didn't get, and that I, I was big on Rebel Moon a couple months ago, back at the Zack Snyder film. What? This fucking, right. this is a fucking Vietnam film. This is film. not that movie, though. This is a Vietnam movie, <laughs> basically. If you, seriously, if you think, this is literally like a 70s Vietnam What's, movie. Um, with some. What is the fucking through? point of this plot like i can understand rebel moon bro this is the golden what child the is it not fuck is this is that the golden yeah. child in vietnam this thing takes forever first of all uh you know washington's i think pretty good in this he's always good that's the thing he's very good <laughs> he's a very good actor i think he's great in this he's when he's in this movie when he's in this movie it's uh it's fascinating to watch him as always what the fuck is this movie? I don't even get the movie. Like, do, what? Like, what? Like, the premise of this makes no sense. Why are the Chinese like all over this? It's okay, and then the Americans are like, <clears throat> we're gonna destroy all the robots. 
And he, it's like, what fucking, what? How and many times does this guy live through a nuclear blast, too? I'm, I mean, he just willy-nilly li- li- I, lives I, through nuclear blasts in this movie. Um, and I don't get it. I, not only do I not get it, I didn't understand why it was so... It looked like it was... I, I, once again, I... I, when I'm watching the first 30 minutes and it has the space marine type characters from aliens basically being recycled here and they're going on the mission, I thought, okay, I can get behind this. This has got a bit of a, a Blade Runner vibe and an aliens vibe. It's a little, gr- a little grungier than I, th- they throw that kid in than I thought it was going to be. Then you throw the kid in there and I thought, this is the golden child <laughs> now. He's got to protect. What are you doing? We're in some Babylon AD ca- uh, category now. That's exactly. I think I, did I not text you that? No, no, I didn't hear you say that. <laughs> uh, I swear to God, I'm pretty sure, I'm relatively certain Certain, I mean, now that you said that, I, I'm relatively certain I, I made the same comparison because it is, it is just that bad. And actually, I think my, I think what I said was I would rather wa- be watching Babylon AD. It's unfortunate um, too because I wanted to like this. Really bad. It, it, um, it, this is bad from the get go. Like, there's nothing, uh, nothing is well directed on this. The the storyline is all over the place. I thought it it, it's super unfocused, um, and, and that includes any sense of like. Uh, you know, drama or I don't know. It feels like this movie wants you to cry over robots and characters and shit, but inevitably it's somewhat nihilistic, but then it pulls back and it's not, it's fucking just, I just thought this movie was all over the place. Does not know what it was actually saying or meant to say mainly because I just don't even think it understands the fucking world it lives in. It, Cause it's not, it's clearly defined, but it's just a collection of tropes from other films and, and you know styles. It feels like a really bad Cloud Atlas. Yeah, it's only the the actually doesn't bounce around in time. That just bounces around the fucking same universe. I keep going thing. back to Babylon AD when I was watching this on how yeah, me too. at least though that had some yeah. sort of like a, oh this is so bad it's interesting. This is a movie that was pushing for. And was it very? Um, I mean, obviously there's like New Asia. It's the East versus the West. But was this not like very much, very much an Asian film with like oh. the title credits and the creator and the friend and the kid and. The Japanese anime that the kids constantly watching—it's very. Oh, but it's Chinese. With, uh, was it I, Chinese? Well, it was I don't Asian know. I, I, of some well, sort. the whole movie's Chinese, is it not? Doesn't this movie take place basically in China? Well, they called it New Asia, so I didn't know if that's supposed to be the Philippines or where it was supposed to be exactly. This movie is so anti-American as well. It's fucking gross to watch. I'm sorry. Like at this point, I just can't stand this type of stuff. And and I come from an era where I'm perfectly fine with this type of thing in general and like older movies, but. I just, why is this now, especially in a movie that just is made up? This is all made up in your mind. Why make up a fucking movie that's just so anti-American and then try to sell it to me as an American? Well, I just didn't care for the movie from the storyline, from the way it was captured and presented. A lot of work went into this with the special effects, but all for naught, fortunately, and really a big letdown because I was prepared to just love this movie. I thought this was, looking at the poster and the trailers, Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, this is what Rogue One should have been. This is the movie I wanted Rogue One to be when I went and saw Star Wars. This has no, this is the farthest fucking thing from a Star Wars movie (laughs) you could imagine, which is fine. But then don't be so derivative of everything everything else i mean this is a, a dennis villanueva movie that he didn't do you know this is mm-hmm. this is but to me it's somebody trying to ape that and did you i didn't care for it did you all. ever see monsters monsters is that the independent film with uh anne hathaway well, this is the one no no no, no. that's uh, i don't uh i can't remember what is that, that a giant is. something or no, no no this is monsters this uh uh this is like i don't know 10 plus years old this yes. is a gareth Edwards yes the, is that the hidden or the found footage movie was it it, yeah, kind of, 
kind of found footage yes, where they, they trek across South America. Yes, I did see that uh, after these giant monsters come down through. I thought that was really it was, good. Yeah. Um, and then to go from that, and Godzilla is quite a step down, and Rogue One is a step down from that, and then the creator is just fucking rock bottom. Like, what is happening, do you think, with directors who do well outside of Hollywood, are brought into Hollywood, and then just are sh- just fucking shoved to the ground? Like, what is going on? Well, somebody here? likes what he's doing because they just hired him today to do the new Jurassic World reboot. Of course they like what he's doing because he's a name. He has these, these movies behind him, right? Uh, the movies I just listed, but... They're not good. Like, there's no way he's like, what is happening here? Why is he not? Is this just the Hollywood? Like, he actually isn't in. He's not really actually directing these movies, you know, because that's what happens a lot of times. Yeah, I think there's so many units going um, uh, sequentially. Yeah. I mean, I, is that what's going how on? Much like, is he really well, like, doing? How does this? Well, how do they get sequentially? How do they go so bad, like sequentially down the line? How do they get worse and worse? Um, you know, I mean, to some degree, I think a lot of people would say Rogue One was was better than. And most of his other Dude, stuff. He, but he I would got disagree. kicked I off that movie. He's like the Josh Trank effect. The kid who got kicked off of the Star Wars and the Fantastic Four movie. I mean, it's it's all the way. It, it's it's a name. I think they can sell a that's name. That's a story that I hear all the time. But and that's because, but to some degree, like what I'm getting at is that Hollywood um, would rather kicks. They would rather not have someone be artistically. Um, able to make changes to something, they would rather kick them off the fucking movie. Yeah, of course, because you have studio executives who are trying to be um, in, involved in this. And apparently this is all Gareth Edwards. He so said can he, you make he said he a movie have, like The Creator and Can It Be Good uh, from Hollywood? Like, is, is it possibly, is it, I, I'm not being like a Nolan, right? Being just like a fucking dude who's come up, your recent talent, you have no fucking shot, right? Like, these movies are all going to suck is my point. Is it like, like, what the fuck is it going to take? For us to get back to making real, real fucking movies at this point, because I'm, I'm so tired of like talking about like why, why is it taking Alexander Payne to make a movie that we're like, oh, this is such a great movie and everything, and then these other guys who, uh, in the past, I've really liked their stuff, making Hollywood movies, and it's just a fucking shit fest. Well, I think too many cooks in the kitchen is ultimately what it comes down to, and Edward says he didn't have much interference on this movie, but this. If this was his, I think that's a lie. So do I, just because it has the jumbled nature of it. I think down the road when he does interviews, he's going <laughs> to come out. This is what the Madam Web, uh, yeah, this is what the Madam Web director said, similar things and stuff. And I think it's a fucking lie, straight yeah, up. contractually I, obligated. There's just no way, yeah. Yeah, so this is a missed opportunity as far as I'm concerned and uh, a really big, one of the year's big disappointments. Okay, briefly, I want to talk to you about the 40th anniversary release of Dune, the 1984 version. This is the two-hour and 17-minute version, not that three-hour cut that some of you might have seen or even own. And uh, this was a Fathom event, so it was a two-night situation, a Wednesday and Sunday. I caught the 7 o'clock show on Wednesday. Hadn't seen it in a long time, and man, some of these older movies shouldn't be spruced up because... Dune is particularly was this one I, I want to say this was cleaned up pretty pretty darn good and um, the special effects really look bad in this I mean these things have not aged well at all and I don't know if it was somebody at the mm. theater or what I thought it was just me but my buddy said the same thing and when I say there was four other people in this theater that could probably sit 300 um, I'm exaggerating it probably had well it's, it's Dune yeah. from the 80s <laughs> but yeah. somebody turned that fucking volume up to 11 because that I mean when they were doing oh, the thumper no. it was shaking the walls mm-hmm. you know when they're looking for the sandworm and shit but yeah. nonetheless it, for, for me that movie plays I've only seen it at home 
you know, I've never saw, I was too young to see it in the theater. I've only seen it on VHS and DVD. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it multiple times over the years. For me, it plays better on DVD at the house. I thought it played very vacantly on a big screen. Uh, I didn't think that the the cleanup did it any justice. And it's just even weirder on a big screen. All the weird fucking perversions and spitting and the Baron's bubbles and boils are just in your fucking face more. Maybe that's the point. It just, I, like the gro- the grotesqueness of the movie right, is more right. in your face, like literally, because it's a larger screen, but it didn't seem that, that volumous um, when I was a kid. But in this, I was like, God, this is like a voratorium of grotesquerie. I do feel like there's movies that obviously get a cult following on VHS, on DVD, on home video, um, on streaming, you know, after the fact. And uh, like, I agree. I've never seen this on a big screen. I don't know what the cleaned up stuff looks like. I imagine it looks um, as shitty as this movie's special effects have always looked, <laughs> which has not been great. Um, I That being said, I love this movie. I think it's a great movie, but it is a slow burn. It is a rough yes. fucking movie. This is like, you got you got to love sci-fi. If you don't love sci-fi, do not watch this movie because this is, this is true sci-fi. Um, so yeah, it's, it's rough. Um, I would agree, but don't you think, uh, if in general, like movies like this, it, it makes sense that why they failed in the theater, but then over time caught on in a home video market. Yeah. Because you could stop it and start it. You could watch it in episodic form if you wanted to as well. I mean, it's a pretty fucking dense movie, even just watching it now and realizing that they split up the other into two movies and having a, a somewhat of a background. I did the audio book on the first one years ago. So I know some of the, the lore of it and it's, they've crammed a lot of shit in here. And this is a movie that I realized that if you're not familiar with the Dune world walking in, you're pretty fucking lost immediately because that opening narration by Virginia Madsen is so confusing right away that you're like, wait, what? I mean, the <laughs> Kyle MacLachlan character, Paul Atreus is Moabib is fucking this guy. He's got like five different names in the movie. It's like, Jesus, man. Yeah. Who the fuck are we talking yeah, about over I, here? I remember watching this a, lo- a lot of times on VHS because it was just a weird world and I love sci-fi. Um, that maybe that made a lot more sense after having watched it that many times. Maybe because so maybe that's why I that. like it because I've seen it so many times. I remember the first time I rented this as a kid though, I was fucking lost. I, I thought it was so yeah. dull, but after it, it was on 100%. TV and, you know, the three hour version was always lore that, oh, there's a three we had, hour cut. This was one of the ones we had taped. Okay. Yeah. And this is, this is, my buddy had, this, his parents were sci-fi people, so they had a, a store-bought my parents were sci-fi um, version people. of this. So mm-hmm. we would watch it on occasion and ultimately get really bored. But I do remember that um, he had like the storybook version for kids. Cause we were like real young when this came out. I mean, fucking elementary school. What's that? What do you mean? Like a, like an actual so, book? Yeah. So like they used to do like these storybook versions of movies for 100%. kids. You know what I'm talking about? Like the big pictures and a little bit of a blur. Oh, for sure. Uh, they didn't for more than, I mean, you, you saw uh, like, uh, I'll just throw this out there. Obviously you had like Muppet. I yep. mean, you had, you know, Indiana Muppet Jones. Movies. But thanks for like actual kids though. Batman. Um, they made a lot of these for, but Batman, and they were, they were literally like, if you can think of like a storybook for kids, like I'm talking about like Muppets and things like things for little kids. Like they were like those, but they were for like teen, like twins. Yeah, I guess like, yeah, like 12 to 15, I guess would be young adults. Your, and you can get them right? at like book fairs Ish. at school, your scholastic hundred percent yeah. yeah, like classic stuff would have them. Like you could, for anyone who remembers buying scholastics, that was fucking awesome back in the day, but you could buy the books like this, like Batman and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, they had, my buddy had the Dune one and I think he even had a couple of action figures. 
I, I want to say I'm not. Yes, I had. Was there okay? Years. I thought so. Was there a fucking? Was there I, the brain guy, the emperor brain thing that comes and talks to the emperor in the front? I want to say he had like this. I want. I didn't have that one, but there might have been. I mean, I had. It looked um, like Crane from Ninja Turtles almost. Uh, I know I had Crane. Fucking Ninja Turtles <laughs> were the best. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I had uh, uh like Paul Atreides. I had um. And I had a, a what's his name? Uh, the um, Picard had one. Uh, John Luke Picard character. Patrick Stewart's character had a had a did. one as well. I didn't have that. I did have. I had the Baron, and I had. Oh, um, the Baron was. I forgot that. And they even had. I think Sting I had, had one too. Fade. And I had the Paul Atreides. I had the Kyle McLaughlin, and there was a Sting one, and I had the Sting yep, one. There you go. Yes, I did have that one too. Yeah. So I don't. Why the fuck did I have this? I my parents. I must have. I, well, I must have liked Dune more than I remember. Or they were on the clearance aisle at Toys R Us that you, or Christmas. They were on the clearance aisle. Yes, that's also true. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably more likely. Yeah, oh, we can get one fifteen dollar or three for fifteen dollars. Get the Dune yeah. characters, honey. Yeah, you like Dune, don't you? Here you go. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. A lot. You only kid on your block with them, so there you go. All right, let's talk about the trailers that were part of the big Super Bowl show. Um, 123 million people watched Super Bowl, and that apparently was the biggest audience ever for the big game, and that means a lot of people saw these trailers. And the most talked about of the bunch will be Deadpool versus Wolverine. And, oh, and Wolverine. And Wolverine. I thought it was versus. It's and. Um, I love this trailer. I thought this was fucking great all the way through. Oh, really? I really? I thought this fired on all cylinders. You don't like... Go ahead. You... Well, do you like Deadpool or not? I do. Or I really movies? do. Yeah. Because I really, I love the first one. I love the second one. And I am so ready for this one because you're right. This looks fucking phenomenal. Every joke landed. Every moment works. I love. It's the best casting in the Marvel Universe. It's not only, it's not only that. It's Ryan Reynolds at peak <laughs> Ryan Reynolds where it actually works for the story <laughs> and not outside of the story. He's supposed to be this dude. Yeah. I don't need this in every Ryan Reynolds movie. It never not works. Yeah, exactly. I think Marina Bakarin as the girlfriend Perfect. is Bring fucking, her back. Like, the casting all the way around is fucking amazing. I missed her in the second movie. I'm um, glad she's back in this one. She's. Yeah, well, she gets killed. Right. right. Well, she's in the second one, but yeah, right. But this one feels a lot like a redo of the second to some degree. Like, the second one goes to such an extreme of, like, um, he can just do whatever the fuck he wants. And so this one's well, interesting. I feel like, how are they going to play with, uh, with having, I, I guess, with putting any sort of restraint on him? Because it feels like, again, they're saying, hey, you can do whatever you want. I love it. I the pegging joke with Disney. I mean, all of that. I love the whole thing. It, yeah, it just because fuck it, right? Because I fuck because you fucking hate Marvel at some point. Some some part of your being, even if you love the Marvel movies, you fucking hate them, right? I'm I do. Um, I also love them. Uh, so it's nice to have a character who, and I know people get tired of this type of stuff of of the meta stuff and and um, and especially the you know breaking the fourth wall and things. People do get tired of it, but uh, with Deadpool. I I don't. I could watch 20 of these fucking movies. Until they make a bad Deadpool movie, I'm not going to bet against them. And they haven't yet. So this is perfect. I think this is going to be the biggest movie of the year. I think this will just own the fucking mm. summer. And I don't even think it's a question. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I cannot wait to see this movie. And it's been a long time since I said that about a Marvel movie. And Sean Levy is um, one of the few directors out there who... Uh, I don't even know that the studio needs to interfere. 
Like the dude just makes studio fucking movies, and they're good. And he can do action. Okay, I, I did. He's not an Andy Shane. He has great action. He can do good action. You know, uh, a oh, movie go that back took to the Night of the Museum movies uh, and look, look at, at the way Steel. he directs action. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Real Steel's fucking, fucking amazing. Great. I know. So yes. I agree. Sean Levy's probably one of the few studio directors out there working right now who can work within this environment and make great movies. I think it's a fantastic choice and uh, couldn't be more excited for it. All right. The next movie we'll talk about is Twisters. This is the reboot follow-up. I think it's a reboot. It doesn't seem to be connected to the first one, although Um, there might be a tenuous connection somewhere in the storyline, like a daughter or a cousin or nephew or some shit like that. (laughs) But uh, this is basically a remake for a new generation of Storm Chasers. And I got to be honest, I didn't care for the first one. It was a phenomenon when it came out. I Mm -hmm. saw it opening night in the theater packed full of people, the cow flying across the fucking screen. Between that and then the following week, seeing the first Mission Impossible, which was kind of a letdown, I thought that summer was going to be a dud, only to get resurrected with Independence Day. I mean, when Independence Day came out that summer, I was like, this is the fucking movie I was waiting for. But regardless. And that movie sucks at all. I know. Looking back (laughs) on it, it's probably the hardest one to get through. Um, but I'm surprised that I want to see this movie and I'll tell you why Glenn Powell, this kid's a fucking movie star. He grabs the screen. This is, we're talking about where are the movie stars? This guy is a fucking movie star. He, he captivating in this, in that, like he's almost got that Val Kilmer dickish. It's perfect because the Iceman, you know, in Top Gun, but he has that Mm -hmm. kind of, I don't want to see you succeed, but I'm not upset if you do vibe to him in most of his movies. And He's, for me, the only reason to see this outside of the special effects, because this looks like it's going to be a very rudimentary, um, by-the-numbers situation, just like the first one was. I mean, what do you think here? Uh, Yeah, I think this looks way better than the original. I think this looks pretty damn good. Um, If you're going to see this, probably will be a lot of fun in the theaters. Um, The special effects are obviously going to be way better than the original. The sound's going to be better. Everything's going to be better. And I have to agree... Um, I mean, Glenn Powell makes this fucking trailer mm-hmm. and probably makes the damn movie. Like, I I, I want to see this, you know, and I kind of want to see this in a the theater. Yeah, me too. They, they did a good job with this trailer. I, I was very, very impressed. I thought, are you fuck? I was so cynical when this popped up. Mm-hmm. And it's by the numbers, as you said. It is 100%. Like, I don't think there's anything going to be crazy special in this, but it just looks like a big screen movie, I, I feel like. It looks like a summertime blockbuster, and I'm waiting yeah. for those. All right, next we got Knox Goes Away. This is Michael Keaton directing and starring with a script by Gregory Poirier, who did, uh, for me, one of the best movies of, of ever was Primal Fear. I love that fucking movie. I think that's one of the best written <laughs> movies. Uh, also, Fallen with uh, Denzel Washington, if you've seen that movie. He wrote that and uh, a bunch of other stuff. Did he write The Prophecy? He might have wrote The Prophecy as well. Might have lower down on his um, filmography. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, he's done. He's had his hand in so many things. Um, I don't think. I, I, mean, I don't think he did the prophecy. I thought he was involved with that. Something know. like that. But um, he may have been involved. Yeah. Hitman, assassin, killer with dementia, almost like a memento. But he's his own worst enemy because he can't remember or can't decide what's real. Mm-hmm. This absolutely works. I think that this trailer is fantastic. Not only is Michael Keaton great in the trailer, but um, the guy who's playing his kid, James Marsden, looks good in this. It's fucking great. The storyline, I mean, it's already fucking with me. I'm watching this and I'm like, are they giving too much away? No, it could be fake. And, you know, what's going to happen here? This looks um, like it could be a really, really good little 
mid mid spring thriller. I mean, I, I don't know when this comes out. I didn't see a release date on it. I imagine it's soon, but this could be a word of mouth sleeper hit like they used to have back in the day. The kind of thing that probably would have done well in theaters, but would have rented like a son of a bitch. What'd you think? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I would agree. It, it does. The trailer feels like, um, like I've seen the movie after I watched the trailer, but then also, as you say, have I seen the movie after I watched the trailer? Cause it does do that little, like, well, maybe there's more to this because he's not quite himself throughout of it. And what they do, like, even when he's talking with James Morrison in the, in the trailer, he's, they're, they're discussing, um, what they're going to do while they're in the diner. Yep. Right. And that scene in the trailer gives away two different aspects of that scene, but you still don't know how that plays out. And so I think there's, there's a lot said in this trailer and there's a lot held back. I'm hoping anyways, um, cause this looks really, uh, great. I, I, you know, not a big screen movie, sorry, but you know, as far as streaming or home video stuff, this looks really, really, uh, good. Um, this comes out March 15th for anyone that's interested, um, in theaters, of course, I don't know when it comes out on streaming, but, uh, but yeah, great cast, you know, Al Pacino is in this for some reason. Because because they could afford him, I guess. He, Why is he this? Comes cheap. I don't know. I really don't. He seems like the one person in this movie that, yeah, that could just not be in the movie. I don't know. But it feels like a Mr. Brooks esque type thing, especially with the Al Pacino in it, kind of maybe being like the William Hurt type character. Yeah, yeah the sense? alter ego, the right. the consciousness of the the character. Um, yeah, you could be absolutely right about that. That's another wrinkle. Maybe you just got that. Mr. Brooks, by the way, if you guys haven't seen Mr. Brooks, that is the most underrated fucking movie. Check out Mr. Brooks. We've said that for years on this thing. Um, but great trailer. I think this really works. Michael Keaton directed one other movie. I want to say it was called game six about a guy stuck in the back of a cab trying to get to the world series. You ever see that? Not good. Yeah. It wasn't great. Um, not good. Whereas (laughs) this, it's interesting to me. These guys get this all these years they could have been doing this and they stayed away from all this shit and now you're in your 70s and you well, he's an actor I know though. but fuck man you could have been doing this 50 fucking 20 years ago and often it's just is whatever you know not everyone can be Ben Affleck fuck it eh which wherever that comes from I don't know <laughs> well I, you know it's been there from the beginning well hey you know I don't think Matt Damon could do it I, they're talking about bringing just him out to be for another Jason Bourne movie I mean that's that, but I don't think you could direct like uh, he's he's never going to be a great director. No, no, no. no. But Ben Affleck is fantastic. That's what I mean. In fact, so that's why I just sometimes it works with direct with actors, and sometimes it does. Thank you for because you know, they're actors. Up they're Affleck, not directors. Because you just hit a memory cap that I wanted to say. Make a comparison is you look how good for to me at least how good Air was that movie that he did last year about Michael Jordan sure. shoe. That was the comparison piece to me for Dumb Money. And that's where there was a big chasm between the two movies in terms hmm. of quality and using music and montage. I thought they were both about the same. Really? Okay. I thought they were vastly different. <laughs> to be honest with you. But then I don't, uh, I just don't go for movies like that in general. And I like both of them. I loved Air and I love this. Uh, I love Dumb Money. But I, I, I thought Air could have been nominated for Best don't Picture. don't go for movies like that. I was really surprised it didn't get anything. I would not go that far with that. Movie. I really did. I thought I, so. I, I'm not, I wouldn't go down that alley with it. No, but uh, fair enough. Right, let's talk about this horror film that you had me watch the trailer for, Sting. What's your take on this? It's not about the singer. Uh, Sting. Yeah, this comes out uh, at the beginning. Uh, well, I don't March. I think out. March twenty second. I think April twenty second. I thought it was April, the first weekend of April. I think, or as you say, the last weekend of March. Comes out in a couple weeks, a month, something. This is a spider movie. Um, it's just like a creature feature. Um, 
Uh, I believe this is like an Australian movie. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, spiders get loose in a apartment building and it's like a spider that grows really big. It's a standard creature feature, right? And, um, the girl, a girl befriends the spider in some way, keeps it, tries to keep it as a pet, but it grows too big and she whistle or whistles or hums or something, but sings a song and it um, sings a song back. So it's obviously somewhat intelligent, gets loose uh, in the apartment building and starts killing everybody. I personally, I think this is like a lot of fun. I want to see this in theaters. It does look good. <laughs> um, and the special effects creep me the fuck out. I hate spiders. This, these are some great, this is not like eight legged freaks, which is just a lot of fun or whatever. This is like, fucking creepy looking black widow type spider shit jumping on people and stuff in this trailer i was like oh my god so i definitely want to see this in theaters i think it's gonna be a lot of fun um if you like creature features or just straight like horror movies um uh yeah i just i straight up i think this looks like a great movie yeah if you live in california and you have a backyard at all you are no stranger to black widows so black widows uh, Mm. this movie just got under my skin immediately i i fucking hate spiders and um Mm -hmm. this movie hit all the buttons for me in terms of psychologically pushing even that shot of the hanging plant and with the the lady with the flashlight it looks the shadow looks like a big spider Uh on the wall that was very creative. So I think this is going to be a fun little creature feature, as you said, and really a high-quality production, not the kind of thing that I'm used to seeing from this type of movie. This looked like there's some money invested yeah. in it. Somebody cared along the way. Yeah, well, this the director is an Australian director, well-known for the, the Wormwood uh, stuff, which is like the post-apocalyptic zombie-type stuff. Um, this is all... Lower budget, but not that low a budget. Like, um, decent stuff. I think they made, like, three of them or something. Um, so he's not, like, an an, un, an unknown or an unproven director, you know. So I'm I'm, I'm willing to watch this. I, you know, it's got to be better than the damn uh, Evil Dead movie, the last one of those. <laughs> you really didn't like that one. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to, to I'm ready to, to, you know, watch that from my memory <laughs> and I'm, a, I'm more than willing to do that with sting which looks amazing and i love the idea of like her because i don't know where this is going to go in the trailer they don't really tell you if there's if there's multiple spiders or if it's just the one but clearly the girl has a bond with it and that's going to play into it somehow in the ending i'm imagining she's going to whistle do the thing pretend to be friends with the spider so they can fucking kill it um which will be a bittersweet ending to it which is what a good creature feature does right like any of those, any of these things, they, they, it's a monster, but it just, it does what, what it does. It does. It's living its life. It's not like, you know, it's not against you. It's just a fucking monster, man. And you know, there's always that break. character that makes that <laughs> argument too in the movie somewhere, you know, he, exactly. he does, it's ours, we're the predators, it, we're yeah. impinging on his territory and all this shit, you know. There you go. And so then, and then it's just a bittersweet ending where, you know, hey, you got to live. So fuck it. <laughs> it is a monster. It's a giant spiders. Kill, kill the shit out of it. I got to make a confession. I've never seen arachnophobia because I just dislike spiders. Great movie. I know. I'm sure it is. I just had no interest even to this day. But I did, but I I did see Eight-Legged movie. Freaks a couple years back. Because that movie's it more is fun, fun than gross. That's a 1950s uh, like atomic creature feature. Arachnophobia is grosser than that movie, which is odd enough. Eight-Legged Freaks is just straight up fun. Um, even when they, even when the spiders attack people, 
it's just not gross. It's like more fun. Like this movie, in the trailer of this, when the spider, especially towards the end, there's that the scene where the spider jumps on someone. Oh my god! Like if you have arachnophobia, don't fucking watch this movie because that's just that alone is just like holy yeah, it shit. Works. Like I can't even imagine seeing the spider in real life. I might die just seeing it. Yeah, it's it's a good trailer. It's called Sting. Check it out. It will be in theaters. Although I'm not sure how wide. Uh, in a few weeks here coming up. And the last movie that we are going to be talking about on tonight's show is Peter <laughs> Five Eight. Say the best for last, This right? is Kevin Spacey in a very, very low budget. I mean, he's going the Steven Seagal. He wants that Liam Neeson <laughs> money here. He's going action hero route. And it, he's got that um, House of Cards draw going still here. And it almost starts like a parody. Uh-huh. I thought this was going to be like a like an airplane type spoof. I didn't know what was going on here. An airplane type well, spoof? So I didn't even realize that when we were talking about this earlier, Peter 5.8 is a biblical quote. I mean, that, that must be what this oh, is. Oh, so, is that yeah, what that so is? Stay alert. Is that in the trailer? I, I don't know. I didn't see it in there. But I mean, I looked up what the, the quote is, and it's, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Stay alert. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That is a terrible name for this movie because this little pussycat named Kevin Smith ain't running around looking to devour anybody in this fucking movie. Well, I'm movie. sorry, but a Peter is a penis. And I know. so it's weird fucking the whole to, thing. to see a, a, a Peter 5'8", really? Yeah. Peter, he, he ate five Peters? Or he's what? about 5'8", looking for a Peter. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> whatever you want to call it. It's off-putting to say the least. I mean... Acting is acting, but seeing Kevin Spacey in the action hero role, smoking, drinking, banging women, it's just the whole thing is fucking is comical. Yeah, that I thought was weird. It's almost a parody of itself. Well, this is directed by, uh, oh, do you know who this guy is? Who's that? No, I don't know who directed it. I didn't see. Uh, So Michael Hall um, directed this. He is a visual effects uh, guy from Pixar. Okay. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Why? I mean, this what? is something he might have done on his third weekend of the month. I mean, this. I, I first of all, it couldn't cost Weird. much to get Kevin Spacey to say yes nowadays. I'm sure he's got to pay off a lot of legal bills. Uh, well, that was the big thing about this, right? This is Kevin Spacey's return. Um, so this is who would take him. What if this kicks fucking ass? What if this is the best action? What if this? Well, is- I'm watching it because first of all, here, look at Kevin Spacey's a good fucking. Always actor. has been. So he's going to, I'm watching this movie and whether this movie is good or bad, the dude's giving a hundred percent, 110. So it's going to be entertaining because if it's bad and he's this into it, Oh Lord, (laughs) (laughs) how far are we away from the fucking action film starring Nicolas Cage and Kevin Spacey that we didn't know we wanted that we're going to get, because I think that's not too far off from here. Bro, triple face off. Triple face off. Triple face off. Can we get John Travolta? Oh shit. Uh, oh, oh, we can do it better than that. Oh fuck. Oh, we can do it real good. Could you imagine like like a like a, a Cinco face off or something? I mean, come on, like a like a five way face off. Can we get John Cusack like, involved? Go- oh no, fuck him. But you can get Cuba. You can get fucking Seagal. <laughs> well, uh, even if they change their face with Cuba, they're not changing their body, so the skin type might be hard. To hey, jump in. shh. It's fine. This is, gonna, we're, this is the cast we want. We're going to end up with like hey, Thomas Jane. They didn't, and fucking. they didn't change the body in the other one either, okay? Oh, <laughs> Yet somehow they did. 
I'm telling you, there's going to be a movie that's coming out soon with Nicolas Cage and Kevin Spacey in it. Two Oscar winners. It's going to debut straight to streaming with an action bent to it. I'm t- it's going to be oh, that would be actually really good. I'm come on. They're, they're having like a heat scene between like Kevin Spacey and Nicolas Cage in a diner where they're just like, we're about to fuck each other yeah, that'd up. That'd be great if they had a Michael Mann that not to amazing? rein them in. They're going to have some young kid director who they're going to go so fucking Ow. over the top with. They wouldn't even be able to edit the fucking scene. Uh, hey. I'm only in if Warner Herzog's directing. I don't know what to tell you. The Madam Web director is available. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Apparently the freelance director is too. She is available. So. <laughs> Well, that's going to wrap up our show tonight. We want to thank you guys for joining us, as always, on our 395th episode. Hard to believe. We'll be back shortly here with a retro on Conan the Barbarian and Conan the Destroyer in its 4K incarnation, the Conan Chronicles. That'll be next week. Speaking for Trevor Anderson, I'm Jason Rugard, and we are the Movie Mavericks. Oh my, another magnificent episode has come to an end. If you're craving more, set your destination to moviemavericks.com, warp 9. Engage! Engage!